Yeah. Check it out. See, the only thing you need to do right here is snarl your freaking head. Boy, it's August 16th, and it's episode 143, and this is the Fantasy Football Auctioneer Podcast. The Fantasy Football Auctioneer Podcast is the official podcast of the FantasyFootballAuction.com, the Internet's only website dedicated to fantasy football auctions. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. We are at Fantasy Auction, or you can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Fantasy Football Auctioneer. We've got a great show for you tonight. Tonight we're going over our mock drafts from last week. Um, but before we go over our mock drafts, we're going to go through some listener questions and do some fantasy football news by ourselves. But of course, our analysts, they're always here. Well, Blister, I'm lying, of course, because Slim isn't here, right? But we do have a very special guest tonight, so we'll get to him in a second. So, but tonight he's not podcasting from a pickup truck. Blister, welcome home, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, that was a bad idea. It didn't work out too good. Was hoping we get lucky, but the service wasn't that good. Uh, maybe I'll have to upgrade the truck or just not be on location next time. Just skip it. On location with an iPad on the steering wheel, trying to do a mock draft and podcast at the same time. It's sweet. I wasn't driving. I wasn't. Driving, yeah, you were so. driving. That's we got to clarify that. That's I right. I did try that once too. <laughs> That's true. All right. And he's in his third year of fantasy football, and he just finished his first auction. He's the host of four different podcasts. Maybe it's five if I miscounted. He's got the Ross Tucker podcast and the Fantasy Football Feast with Evan Silva. He's here to do some fantasy football news by herself with us tonight. Ross Tucker, how's it going tonight? It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I am doing fantastic. Good to be on with you guys. I didn't realize... That you guys were Canadian. I love it. Good day. Welcome to the Great White North uh, Canadian Corner. I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother Doug. How's it going, eh? I love it. <laughs> I went to uh, I went to Princeton, and the only guys other than the football guys I really got along with were the ice hockey guys from Canada. <laughs> there it and, is. Uh, <laughs> we, we we all shared the same mindset. So I used to love talking to those guys. So I, I feel right at home. Plus, I played several years in Buffalo. So um, oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a Tim, I'm a Tim Hortons fan as well. Oh, so. <laughs> we've got we've got that in common. And when I was up there, it was all about Labatt Blue and the Bat Blue Light. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's it's like saying to an Australian they drink Fosters, though. You know, they don't really drink Fosters. Everyone else thinks they do. I'm glad you said that. But <laughs> you, guys, you guys don't really drink Labatt Blue. Well, no, Blister, you're more of a Bud Light guy, though, aren't you? I am now, but growing up, my family, that's all it was, is Labatt Blue, and they were even, they were old school, Blue Light was a swear word, so it was just (laughs) Labatt Blue for them. (laughs) Nice. There you you have it, and we are hockey guys, too. Um, Blister was recording on location last week, because he was at a hockey camp with his uh, girls in Minnesota, and I spent an hour on the ice last night with my son, he's a goalie, so we were trying to get some one-on-one, so we start early. It's all that, that is awesome, man. That is so, so cool. You know, I, I, I always I, – I don't have many regrets, but I would have liked to have played or tried ice hockey. The, would have been a good problem number one is I can't skate, and I've never been able to. 
Yeah. So that's an issue, but I still just would have, I like the idea of being a goon defenseman. I like the idea, I like being able to wipe their face at the end of a, you know, right when the whistle blows. I like the idea of taking a stick and just smoking a guy in the back with the stick. There's a lot lot to like about ice hockey. Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you get free. Ross, I think you would have done very well. Yeah, Ross, <laughs> what was your playing weight? You would have been an awesome defenseman. What did you play at? Oh, no. I mean, in the NFL, I used to play it between, like, 310 and 320. Oh, so that, that would have been a little big for ice hockey. But that's, the, that's why I would have liked to have played ice hockey. Yeah. It would have been right. nice to weigh, like, 235 or 240, and that would have to be that big. You what, Then, Blister, you could be like that movie Goon, you know, where that yeah. guy couldn't really skate, but he could just throw the mitts. Well, I think if Ross got on the ice at 310, there wouldn't have been a lot of guys that wanted to come anywhere near him. So I don't know if he would have got to throw the mitts too often. He might have had to come, in, he might have had to come into the pile a little bit later and just knock them all down. Yeah, start peeling guys good to off. See. <laughs> well, anyways, Ross, I'm sure that everyone uh, um, knows who you are, but why don't uh, you tell our listeners if they've been under a rock a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm from near Philadelphia. My dad is 5'9", a buck 70, so I never thought I'd be an NFL offensive lineman, to say the least. Uh, in fact, I went to Princeton because I thought I got no shot in going to the pros. I might as well get the best education that I can. Um, nice. But much to my surprise, I kept kind of getting bigger and better and whatever, and I got a shot with Marty Schottenheimer and the Redskins in 2001, and I guess to my surprise, I made it and ended up playing seven years for the Redskins, Cowboys, Bills, Patriots, and a month with the Browns. I don't really talk about very much, but <laughs> all, all of my uh, all of my regular season starts, at least, were with the Buffalo Bills and the Dallas Cowboys. Although I did start a bunch of preseason games for the Redskins as well. Played seven years. Now I got a bunch of different media gigs. I'm 37. I'm trying to stay away from a real job as long as I possibly can. That's like the only goal. And uh, I love podcasts because, you know, I, I own them, I control them, and it's something that I can build and do what I want with rather than, you know, having bosses like I do for a bunch of my other entities. Nothing wrong with my bosses, but I like my boss on the podcast better, me. So, uh, uh, the, the flagship one is the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Then if you're, you know, obviously if you're listening to this or watching this, you're in a fantasy football, it's the fantasy piece, like you said, Uncle Buckets. And then we got a gambling one, even money, if you like to make yeah. the game a little more interesting. And if you're in the draft and scouting, it's called Knowledge Draft. So it's fun, man. I mean, to me, other than actual talking NFL football, I think the three coolest things are fantasy, gambling, and sort of scouting, evaluating. So I started podcasts revolving around all three of those. Yeah, well, I listened um, the 16-hour drive out, so I had podcasts going uh, on the way out here, and I was listening to your uh, the Ross Football Podcast with the gambling on there from Even Money. Um, it was a good pre- – on, on preseason uh, betting, I thought yeah. oh, Blister would love this podcast. Yeah, Steve Fezzik. It's, I've learned a lot from him, and I actually beat him last season in our picks against the spread, which made me feel really cool because he's, he's won some legitimately big, big contests. 
So I got to ask a question about the gallon. <laughs> Here it is. Yeah. That piqued my interest a lot there, Ross. Uh, when do you put that one out? Like, do you put it out on Friday or Saturday just before all the NFL games, or do you have to get it out earlier because of the Thursday games, or what? Yeah, when we, do you try to do that one? Yeah, we put it out usually um, mid-afternoon on Thursday. So That'll you be- should have a good five or six hours before the Thursday night game to be able to. Um, you know, place your bets. And I say all the time, but because I played, I've been on teams where we were a big underdog and we won or a big favorite and we lost. So I never recommend, you you know, taking out a second mortgage to try to make money off of <laughs> yeah. betting pro football. But, yeah. hey, if you just followed my bets last year, you made money. Plus, look, I got a bunch of buddies that they like to put 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks on the games because they can. And it makes the games a hell of a lot more fun for them for three hours to watch. And why not, right? I mean, uh-huh. you're, you're going to spend 20, 30 bucks to go to the movies. And I think an NFL game that you have money on is a little more entertaining than a lot, mo- a lot of movies out there. I'm with you on that. That's for sure. Do you, do you just basically bet the lines or do you, do you look at any of the daily fantasy and do lineups like on fan for FanDuel? Do you talk about those kind of things, FanDuel, DraftKings, those kind of things, or do you just take the odds and and the spreads and look at that kind of stuff? Yeah, we're just talking totals and and uh, lines on that one. But on the Fantasy Feast podcast with Evan Silva, we will talk a lot about DraftKings, FanDuel, you know, daily fantasy lineups and that one. You know, it, a lot of times Evan will end up saying. This is a guy that I don't like, you know, necessarily for redraft for this year, but he'd be a good DFS guy for this week. Yeah, like Darren Fells might be once in a while because <laughs> he's going to be cheap. And, you know, if he's going to be open, he's going to get the ball. There you yep, go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, Ross, you just um, experienced your first fantasy football auction draft? Yes. And how'd that go for you? It was awesome. Now, I must say – it's a little different because it was reality, the reality sports online league. Oh yeah, yeah. So you can actually do multi-year deals, you know, two-year deals, three-year wow. deals, four-year deals. So I kind of feel like I, I, I should have taken some baby steps instead. I took a <laughs> giant step with like having multi-year contracts, but I will say this. I've done a bunch of different fantasy leagues now. And there was nothing like the adrenaline and the excitement of actually bidding on the players as yeah. you win. I, I think it's I think it's the best way to go about it now that I've done it. And I kind of like MFL leagues as well, uh, MFL 10, MFL 25. So I like sort of the best ball format right. as well. So I, I think right now redraft would probably be third for me. I, I think I'd probably like auctions the best. Uh, NFL 10 second, just because I like the best ball aspect of that, and then redraft. And then just a snake draft. Well, I mean, we're biased here, so, I mean, we just try to focus everything back into auction on this podcast, so rather than saying he goes late in the first round, we're talking about dollar values or right. nomination strategies and that type of thing. So uh, it's good. that you got a, you got your feet wet a little well, bit. I, so I honestly, I talked to a bunch of people about this, and I think that most people that have ever done an auction draft they they never they they really don't want to go back you know they That's prefer right. that because it's nice to be able to get the players you want to get as long as you're willing to pay up for them and to look at it value from that way as opposed to having the first pick in the snake draft and 
nobody coming back to you till pick 24 or whatever. That's right. I, did, I, think, I, did, I was just going to say, we're in a draft right now. It's a slow draft on MFL and, uh, in the snake draft, you'd never get, I started with Des Bryant, Todd Gurley and Adrian Peterson. Right. Like you could, it just doesn't exist. But now I'm scraping the barrel trying to find, uh, viable wide receiver twos and whatever else. So. <laughs> And there's another, there's another emotion too that comes with uh, auction drafting and that is maybe rage. I've been, I was talking to Bucks <laughs> off the air that this one we're in right now, there's 24 guys up for bid and there's a 12 hour clock on them. So once 12 hours is up and nobody bids and you got them. So 12 hours is a long time. So I've been waiting and waiting and it looked like finally today I was going to get a couple guys. And in the last minute of 12 hours, somebody bids. Are you kidding me? So we can't get any new guys on the board. We almost get a couple new guys. And, I mean, this draft's only been going on two days, and I'm probably got to be a little more patient. But, oh, I just – I looked at it and thought, oh, good, who am I going to nominate next? I had strategy, and then my guy didn't even go off the board. So that's the other emotion. I try to keep it in check. (laughs) Rage, yeah. That's that's the hockey emotion coming out. (laughs) There you go. All right, well, let's do it. on baseball. <laughs> that never <laughs> happened, Blister. Um, hey, uh, let's get into... Uh, frozen buckets. Am I? Am I here? Am I here? Am I here? Am I here? You're here. You you're here for me. All right, Blister, you there? No, he'll come back on. He will he was having some connection issues earlier. That's all right. So, Ross, let's just get into the meat of it. We're, uh, um, I'll do our tagline, and then we'll get ourselves into it. So if you guys are ready, then I'm ready. Let's cock the hammer. It's time for action. Blister, you're back. I can hear you. Yep. Yeah, boy. All right. Okay, so uh, the first segment here we're going to do is we're going to go through some listener questions. This segment's called We Just Got a Letter. 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 Wonder who it's from. All right, so we just got a letter. Well, actually, I think it's a few, a couple of tweets and an email. Uh, Ross, normally what we do is just go back and forth. I'll ask uh, – I. Just ask it to answer the question. So see what we can do. The first question here is from Art Vandele, of course it is, at Latex Salesman 7. He's in a 10-team PPR. He says, what percentage would you dedicate to wide receivers? He has to start three plus a flex, so I guess four probably. Do you pay up for one like Antonio Brown or Julio or OBJ regardless? And then uh, change for a 12-team. So Blister, let's ask you first, pretty auction specific. What do you dedicate yeah. for wide receivers? Well, 10-team PPR, I mean, obviously PPR, the value of the receiver is going to be up, but with only 10 teams, there's a little bit less money going on, so the prices are going to be a little bit less than if you were in a 12-team. But I would probably dedicate around 60%. I think that's been a 60 to 65%. Um, go after one of the big names. I think I'd go after uh, either OBJ or Antonio, uh, AJ Green, or um, um, Julio, somebody in there if you can. I mean, you might be paying – 60 bucks for that guy, but then you can still get another couple of really nice receivers for 30 if you're looking at the Sammy Watkinses and, and different things like that. So I, I would probably put in 60 to 65% of my budget in the PPR, and then later on I'd target some of those lesser, uh, so cheaper running backs like Danny Woodhead or, or Charles Sims and guys like that to fill out your, your uh, running back roster because in PPR their value is quite high. Blister, does it change at all for the 12 man? 
No, actually it doesn't for me. I still like to put in 60%, but I might, I might not be able to afford one of the guys that run about 60 bucks, but I might be able to get three, three guys that are in the $40 range or something like that, or, or a little bit less, or one of the big names and a couple from my third tier of receivers perhaps. And then, you know, take a couple shots right now. Guys like Kevin White's only going for about nine bucks and, uh, Alan Hearns is still cheap, but I don't know why because he always puts up good, always put up good numbers for the two years he's been in the league. Um, there's a lot of guys down there that you can get that can still produce if they're your wide receiver three or your flex. You don't have to spend 40 on that position, but you can spend uh, eight or nine and get a pretty good receiver. Michael Crabtree, another one. There you go. We'll go on to question number two. Uh, Ross, we'll fire this one to you. This is from Tyler McGillicutt, uh, at no dirty cup for me. Uh, we'll get into this. That's good. We'll get into this in the news item as well, but does Doriel Green Beckham's stock change now that he's wearing an Eagles jersey? Yeah, I think it does. I'm glad you asked me this one. I think it does in the sense that the Eagles are desperate at wide receiver. And he had clearly fallen out of favor with the Titans. Who wouldn't have traded him for a backup offensive lineman unless that was the case. And I wrote this on Twitter today, at Ross Tucker NFL. But one of the advantages for me and playing for so many teams. I know coaches on every team, and I broadcast games every Sunday on the radio. And I remember last year I asked them about Doriel Green Beckham, and they told me that a lot of times he was having trouble even getting lined up. Oh, yeah. So there's there's some professionalism issues there. There's some work ethic issues. And really, there's a football intelligence issue. So on the one hand, I like the opportunity in Philadelphia for him better because the Eagles are desperate for someone to make plays at wide receiver. The flip side, though, if he wasn't able to pick up the Titans offense, you know, in almost two years, how is he going to do, you know, just come into the Eagles offense blind like this and trying to learn it from here? So he's a guy that might be able to pay off for you in the second half of the year, but I wouldn't expect big production from him early on in the season. He might be a pretty good guy to take and to stash and hope that he pays dividends for you in the second half, maybe be on your bench the first four or five weeks of the season. Well, and he's a freak athlete, but maybe he can do like one of the kids in when I played high school, he used to take the duotang with the playbook and just stuff it in the front of his uh, pants and then uh, (laughs) leave the huddle and open up the playbook and then run out. He didn't play a lot, but it did happen. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, high school in Canada, a whole different beast. Um, anyways, so Blister, let's move on. Question number three on to you. This is uh, um, from Chad Canfield. He says he's a bit old school, and he likes to have a top stud RB. He's always bought um, Adrian Peterson for 50 bucks, normally due to uh, consistency, and, you know, he's a freak. Uh, but with his age and the emergence of Jarek McKinnon and that offense of the um, plans to air it out more than they have last year. You think this might be the year to break up with AP? So is Gurley the mo- the next most consistent guy going at running back and that he should be targeting? He doesn't like Bell with the suspensions and the injury concerns. Well, you know, Russ could probably answer this one as well, but I, I think probably in most people's uh, draft boards, they probably have Gurley ranked number one, or if not within the first two or three. Um, you know, David Johnson 
we all like him and Arians is saying good things about him right now that he can do everything. And I believe he can because he's on my dynasty team. So I'm quite happy about that. But I think that there is still Ellington is still there who could get a touch here or there. And Gurley's case is not as, and as, as well as Chris Johnson, but in Gurley's case is not as much behind him. And they have yeah. a, a, you know, young quarterback who they're probably going to try to get the ball out of his hand quick. And he's probably going to be, uh, you know, he's the main point of that offense. When you look at the receivers in LA, there's nothing to be too excited about. So, I would say probably Gurley is the man. Um, you know, AP's probably got a bit of gas left in that tank. He's consistently put up big numbers every year, but I have the same feeling. My my gut's telling me that it's time to, you know, to maybe let him go to somebody else and, and start targeting the next man up. And, you know, if you wanted to get away from Gurley or Johnson or Zeke Elliott, there's guys there that can probably still contend for the number one and are going to cost you 10 to 12 bucks less in your draft, like Lamar Miller. You know, Jamal Charles should still be pretty solid. Uh, Dougie Martin was a, a top uh, top 10 guy last year, I believe, and, and he can still put up good numbers there too, and I think they'll be run heavy. So you can get away from AP and that, and that hefty price that used to come with him. And uh, there's quite a few guys out there that I think that could uh, take his spot and put up uh, similar numbers. All right, good stuff. Um, hey, Ross, I got this last one. I strategically put it at the end so that you can answer it. Uh, good question for you as uh, a, having playing experience. At Coos Machine, he asked, other than Dallas and Oakland, what O-lines should we be possibly looking at to have a significant effect on the fantasy running backs? Good question. Um, I'm high on Atlanta's offensive line now that they got Alex Mack. You know, I, that was really the only weak link on their offensive line last year, and solidifying the middle like that should only help the entire group. I also think the Green Bay's offensive line had a bad rap last year, and that that was primarily as a result of injuries to Bakhtiari and Balaga, and it was really the backups that came in and struggled. So, in particular for me, Green Bay and Atlanta's offensive line those are those are top five, top six, seven offensive lines for me. You know, Dallas and Oakland are up there as well. Cincinnati, yeah. I think, has a very good offensive line, but maybe top five offensive lines, or at least in that realm that people don't realize or don't talk about, are Green Bay and Atlanta, which bodes well not just for their quarterbacks, but also for Devontae Freeman and Eddie Lacy. Yeah, so skinny Eddie and a good offensive line, uh now we're talking. Blister, you might have to target them in your auction kings. Well, I am actually. I hope nobody's <laughs> listening. <clears throat> no one's listening right now. I haven't put it out yet. <laughs> oh, good. Hold off to that for, let me see, uh, nine hours, 58 minutes. Back, so I'll put this out. All right. Okay, good stuff. All right, so that was, uh, we just got a letter. You can contact us uh, on Twitter. We are at Fantasy Auction. And if 140 characters isn't enough for you, we are footballauctioneer at gmail.com. We're going to move on to segment number two. This one's called Fantasy Football News Buy or Sell. So in the uh, buy or sell, we take a look at some news items and that have, you know, some significant fantasy implications. And then we ask the analysts, do they buy or sell the implications of that item? So, uh, Blister, we'll start with you. The, I, and again, I just picked three or four, kind of go through that I think that might have some relevance for the fantasy world. Um, the Saints list Josh Hill as the team's tight end one and Kobe Fleener as the tight end three on the unofficial depth chart. 
So this was um, posted today on Tuesday. Um, Josh Hill lands as the first team tight end. And uh, being second on last week's depth chart, Kobe Fleener now drops the third on the chart. Um, Blister, buy or sell? This scares me from drafting Fleener as a tight end one this year. Well, sell. I mean, I am scared. I, I This is bad news because I am targeting him in a number of drafts right now too because I think, I mean, if Ben Watson could put up numbers like he did in that offense, I thought Kobe Fleener, like everybody probably did, was in for a big year. But it could just be a little bit of uh, rhetoric trying to get some motivation, light a little fire under him. I hope that's what it is because uh, the other thing, though, Josh Hill, he's familiar with that offense. He's been there for a while, and, like, last okay. year he was the big sleeper. Everyone thought they would go after in the auction, and, um, you know, he he didn't have the numbers like Ben Watson. He was the guy that ended up getting uh, all the looks. But, yeah, it's a little worrisome at this point. I hope it's just a little motivation. What about, well, what about can, you, Ross? I was just going to say, Ross. I can give us all some time here because <laughs> the, the latest is that, it was an intern that screwed up with the depth chart. Oh, come on. Cleaners back to first string. <laughs> well, so, thank you. That was is Number one, <laughs> that intern is not getting a full-time gig. <laughs> so should not have a big fantasy value. Well, that item was uh, posted at five o'clock tonight, so that is uh, that's why you got that's why you bring guys like Ross on the show. He's got the latest and greatest. Perfect. I was gonna say, and if we have to light a fire under Kobe Fleener's butt to uh, play for Drew Brees, then that's bad. That's bad. Anyways, okay, good. We don't have to worry about it anymore. Scratch that. I mean, well, I was gonna say I'll cut it off the pod, but I think it's good that he showed us up there with our last. That's right. <laughs> Thank God. That's pretty good. <laughs> now, you know what? When you, when you got my job I'm on the radio, three next radio tomorrow morning at six a.m. So I live on Twitter, you know, with all the latest information, and and so I've got to be up to date because when I wake up tomorrow, I got to be ready to roll. You got are you roll. on? Are you on the NFL Network or are you on the Serious Fantasy Channel? NFL Network. Channel, okay. yeah, channel 88. So, um, I used to do shows with John Hansen on the fantasy channel, but now yeah. I'm just on, uh, on the fantasy, on the regular NFL 88. That channel, uh, the fantasy one, that was the only reason I bought my vehicle. I had it on there when I <laughs> took it for a test drive. I don't think I've changed the channel since I bought it about six years ago. It's been awesome. Nice. Now, the good thing about the good the good plug for that too, Ross, is that uh, in Canada you don't get the Fantasy Channel, and for some reason he got it for some odd reason, and then when he went to go do the full subscription, they took it off, and he argued, and he so got, it. got it back. <laughs> nice. He's like the only guy in Canada that has access to that channel. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's move on to the second item uh, here in the news, Ross. Uh, the Ravens are unsure if Rashad Perriman will return this year. Just according to ESPN, uh, and maybe you've heard something different, there was this afternoon in a situation that's starting to feel reminiscent of last season. The Baltimore Ravens are uncertain when wide receiver Brashad Perriman will return. Uh, asked if there was any update on Perriman, Coach uh, John Harbaugh said Tuesday, um, I don't and I wish I did. So, Ross, the question is, buy or sell? Kamar Aiken is the only wide receiver in Baltimore worth buying. I'm going to sell that because I still think that Steve Smith has some value and potentially even Mike Wallace, but I'm, I'm selling Prashad Perriman forever at this point. I mean, 
it's really a shame. You know, you, I'm so happy I traded him in my dynasty. So happy. Oh man, <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely. Bro, I feel for that young man. Then again, if you're going to have a really bad injury, you might as well be a first round pick first and get, you know, over ten million dollars fully guaranteed. So I don't, yeah. I don't feel that bad for him. Right. But I feel bad that I'm not, he doesn't look like he's going to get the chance to play again this year. Awful. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough stuff. And I mean, Mike Wallace now, though, as far as fantasy goes, he, he's the deep threat there, right? And Flacco can toss a long ball. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I thought... I'm still not a Wallace guy, but I think Senior will still have some value. He didn't come back to not to not make some plays. True story. True story. Blister, you're going to add yeah. something there, or no? Well, I, I agree too. I think when Steve Smith's on the field, he's going to make things happen because he he does every time. And and but I do think we're going to get a few games out of Mike Wallace. I just think being back in his old uh, division and with Flacco's arm and you know in, in Minnesota, Teddy really didn't throw the deep ball. I just I I think if he can start off strong because the opportunity might be there, then I think he might be able to carve himself out a bit of a role. All right, let's go into the third one. We we touched or the last one. Sorry, we. Touched on it briefly during the questions. Um, Blister, I guess we can start with you, but let's take a look at this Doriel Green-Beckham trade and the implications of that not only for him in Philadelphia, as we kind of touched on earlier, but what does this mean for the Tennessee wide receivers? So, Blister, with this trade, are you um, buy or sell that Richard Matthews can now be a solid wide receiver too with DGB gone? I buy that. I think uh, I think he's in line for a good year. He was having a really good year with Miami, and um, I just think that the the offense that they're going to run uh, will probably he'll be a big part of that offense. You know, they're going to want to pound the rock quite a bit. But then if they're looking for the you know the quick passes again, still got a young quarterback, still want to get rid of the ball pretty quick, get it out of his hands. Uh, he might be scrambling a bit more. I, I think Richard Matthews should be a very solid wide receiver too. What about? Uh- what about yeah, you, well, Ross? Any any love with Kendall Wright or Taji Sharp? It, you know, for me, Sharp, that's too much of a risk. I know they're loving him, but as a rookie, as a general rule, I know that rookies can provide value sometimes, but I just get nervous with them. Um, I'd lean more towards Rashard Matthews because this regime, you know, the new GM and Malarkey, signed off on bringing Rashard Matthews into Tennessee. So that's the receiver I would target there in Tennessee right now. And so, now, Blister, does this make uh, a guy like Nelson Aguilar uh, just completely undraftable now if DGB is going to be over there, or are we just – what are we doing over there in Philly? Well, he doesn't excite me at all either. Again, I'd rather see something out of him. Um, You know, there's no reason to draft him at this point. I can't see it. Um, what about you, Ross? Um, any any love for Aguilar? Yeah, Bucks. Let me chime in on that as well. You bet. The guy can't play. I, I mean, it's. I was at Eagle training camp. He's a small guy that can't get separation. That's a bad combo. They have seen nothing to this point to justify him being a first round pick. It's surprising, but it's the reality. I would stay far away from Nelson Aguilar. Well, I love that because this morning I just got a dynasty trade offer um, for Aguilar, and I said, hey, do you think I'm sleeping under a rock here? Do you think I haven't heard the news that there's been some trades going on and whatever? So old bots, I, he's pulling oh. his, law- his lawyer bit on me trying to sell me, but that that's good. Um, so does that mean then Jordan Matthews, you guys think, um, is going to be even better off now in this type of situation if the Aguilar and DGB kind of 
saw each other off? I I think I think it's going to be all about Jordan Matthews and the tight ends. I mean, if you look historically, Andy Reid's offenses, Doug Peterson's, they throw the ball to the backs out of the backfield a lot. You know, it'll usually be intermediate routes to the receivers and the tight ends. When I was at practice, in a lot of two and even three tight end sets. Oh yeah. So don't be surprised if you didn't name Trey Burton a couple times this year making oh, plays for the Eagles. I think that they realize that that you know I wouldn't be surprised if they're in two tight ends most of the time, recognizing that that's their best chance for success. That's their best. So, so Blister, this is uh, like I'm thinking about a guy like uh, Sproles who just signs the contract, and you know if they like to dump the ball to the backs, do you like him at all this year with the Eagles? Well, I do. I think he's got a part he can play there. I mean, they're not scared to give him the ball in the red zone either. So I do think that he has a chance to put up some numbers. I, I don't think he'll ever see the Darren Sproles that we saw a few years back, but I think he still had a chance to be relevant. The backfield, I mean, with Matthews is scary. I think he's nicked up already. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not really targeting him. I'm kind of trying to avoid it all. I kind of like Ertz. I, I've got Ertz on some of my teams, and I, I don't mind bidding on him. But after that, I'm, I'm kind of hesitant. I like Jordan Matthews. I did trade for him or I traded him away actually, um, but uh, I do I don't mind him. But uh, right now he's kind of the guy that if he's going for twenty twenty five bucks, there's quite a few guys in that range, and I might look at guys that might be on a little better, maybe a little more uh, secure offenses and stuff if I can. All right. Um, anything else to add with the Eagles? Things you've been a practicer, Ross? Before we let you go, so you can get some shut eye. <laughs> um, that was the big one. I mean, it really was. I also think that their corners are going to be a problem. So if you're a guy, you know, deciding who to put in your lineup during the season or even DFS, you might want to target the Eagles corners because that's going to be a problem. So I, I don't think tight ends would be a good fit because the Eagles safety is going to be very good with McClellan and Malcolm Jenkins. But if you've got receivers going into the Eagles this year, play them because the Eagles corners, I mean, their top corner by far, Leotis McKelvin, struggled the other night against the Bucks, and he was the Bills' third corner last year. He's the number one corner for the Eagles. So other than that, that's probably what jumped out to me more than anything else. All right, likes my Dez pick even more then. Yes, yeah. there you go. <laughs> hey, one more question for Ross. If we were talking about tight ends. Do you have any insight on Ladarius Green? Yeah, I mean, I, I saw today where Adam Schefter said he thinks he'll be back this year, but he got a couple concussions last September, and the fact that he's still having headaches about it is not real good. The only thing I would say about that is if he doesn't play at all for the Steelers, they'll probably come after that signing bonus money that they gave him. And yeah. my guess is he's either already spent that or, or <laughs> some of it or doesn't want to give it back. So as sad as it is to say – my guest is he'll play some football this year for the Steelers just so they can't come after that that bonus money. I think his headaches will start to get better, whether they really do or not. He'll play some games, but um, he would be a guy that I, I would not be real. I mean, he hasn't practiced for them yet, so I, I don't know how you could expect him to put up any kind of numbers. You know, he might be worth taking a shot on if his price tag is really low in DFS, you know, the first couple of weeks he's back, but I would not get him in a redraft or auction league. That's for sure. 
Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> so don't bid any more on them, Blisters, right now. Yep. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Ross, we know you got to get up early tomorrow so you can uh, get on the air. I just want to say thanks a lot for uh, – um, answering the email, first of all, when I reached out because a fan said, hey, uh, this Ross Tucker and you guys, I think you'd get along just well, uh, get along just fine. And I think uh, from what we were, how we were talking off the air to how we were talking on the air, I think it was a pretty good decision on the fans' part. So thanks for, yeah, thanks just, for coming just out. You, just you, yeah, Bucks, just you drinking a beer while we're doing this tells me we were getting along just great. <laughs> That's I'm good jealous. To- <laughs> uh, well, and blisters not, but that's uh, for 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 whole other issues. He's uh, he's, <laughs> he's saving himself for the our auction draft this year. He's pretending he's going to be sober the whole time, just so he can fleece <laughs> us in our big home league. So nice. it's, it's uh, going to be yeah. tough to do, but it'll be fun. <laughs> Thanks for so, having uh, me, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, Thanks a lot for coming on, Ross. How they Thank can uh, let everyone know how they can uh, get a hold of you and where to listen to you one more time before you get off. Yeah, I mean, if you're into social media, um, my Twitter is at Ross Tucker NFL. Facebook is facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I'm pretty responsive. And obviously, a lot of you listen to this via podcast, Ross Tucker football podcast, fantasy feast, even money, college draft. And if you can forget all those, just go to Ross Tucker.com. They're all right there for you. They're all listening right there. He's got a nice little bio and under his uh, about us, it's a nice uh, football card with him with the Cowboys jersey on, which was uh, a nice thing for me to see as a boys fan. So I was uh, pumped to see, pumped to see that as the first thing I saw. I'm like, this guy will be just fine on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Anyways, Ross, uh, have have a good have a good sleep. Be uh, safe tomorrow morning when you're uh, driving, and uh, good luck this year in your auction. Sounds great. Take care, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Ross. All right, thanks, Ross. All right, Blister, so that was Russ Tucker. That was Place awesome. That yeah, I think we're going to try to get some more yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're looking at Matt Harmon hopefully coming back on to a Blister. I hope so. I texted him or, no, emailed him today. and uh, I'll have to. him. Holy, that's No, I don't have his cell number. <laughs> I, there's too many different ways to get a hold of people. But uh, hopefully he, he said he'd come on and talk wide receivers before, so hopefully he's still up for that. And uh, that would be good to have next week as well. But sure is nice having the guy that's played the game, has that, that uh line slim's ready to come on has that link right. still with everybody in the nfl and and you know he's got that insight to to what is really going on it's nice to have that i wish we had that every day yeah no kidding it was so uh cool to have him say yeah don't worry we'll just put this uh um to bed i thought that was awesome he already knew the news uh sweet yeah i, was, I really um, was starting to panic to get on here. yeah what are we right, coming um, up here? We have so we're gonna we're gonna what we're gonna do next is we're gonna go through the mock draft from last week. So I think it would be interesting uh, just to a get your take because we didn't get to hear a whole lot from your blister on what happened yeah. during the mock, um, and just to review some of the teams and some of the things we saw. And then I thought it would be interesting to also go through some of the stuff we're doing with Auction Kings because these are two current drafts with real-life people. It's actually three because blister, you're in, in one, I'm in one, and then we all got in on that mock draft together, which I. Uh, Let's just yeah. say it was awesome to have no bots and and auction guys involved too, hey? Yeah. No, it was it was really nice to have that. I mean, it's too bad my situation with the internet and stuff wasn't great, but I'm glad you guys got to run it and and have people doing that and um are you t- are you talking with Slimner? He's, he, yeah, yeah. He's, he's yeah. Online. yeah. Um yeah. But you know, that's the only way to find out what kind of prices you're going to see from for a guy. And if you're really when you're getting closer to your auction, I Obviously, uh, there's no sense mocking in June when you, uh, 
have one in the end of August. I mean, you can to get a feel for things, but so much changes in those two months. So you really want to do it several times. And even ultimately, if you can do it a few times uh, leading up to your own auction, it's the best way to go because then you can see actual prices. You can say, wow, this guy's consistently went, you know, Dion Lewis, $7. I keep getting him for or Danny Woodhead. I, I don't think that's accurate, but I'm getting him for a couple bucks. I think, you know, but $10 would probably be reasonable. And there's a guy that was the number three uh, running back in PPR last year. So if you know, you can get values like that, then, you know, you can really, big names if you want to, knowing that there's still going to be guys that aren't just uh, filling up your lineup, but guys that can produce in your lineup later on. Yeah, it was, uh, it was neat. I like to, when we choose different strategies, because it takes, I like, it took me out of my comfort zone. I would never think to myself, oh, I'm going to take Gronk. It's just not in my wheelhouse. But last week, having to take Gronk, it, it pushes me into doing that because I say I'm going to do it. Um, and I know even sometimes when I mock, I say, oh yeah, I'm going to, uh, take Gronk and then I chicken out because some other values came along and then I don't have money for it. So it was nice yeah. to be able to put in that, be put in that situation. So I could actually see what, it, what that plan would look like around Gronk and actually kind of liked my team last week, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, and I find like I'm looking at uh, some, like, like I was saying earlier before we went on the air, I, every time I do a mock, I put down the date, what site we're on, how many live people, since that makes a big difference. And then, who I bought and what their prices were. And believe it or not, like the price for a guy like CJ Anderson with live people is a lot cheaper than when there's a bunch of robots, for example, you know, like I had CJ yeah. Anderson in many drafts here and with a bunch of bots, he was costing $42, which is not realistic because in a real draft, he's going for around 26, 25, 23 in that ballpark, you know? So I think that, you know, knowing that I wouldn't target CJ at 42. I'd rather go after a lot of the different guys at 40 or more dollars, but down yeah. in the mid twenties is not a bad, not a bad place to go if you think he's going to play and hold off Devontae Booker all year. All right. So Slim, welcome. Uh, Daddy daycare is over. How are you doing tonight? Will the real Slim Sadie please stand up? I repeat, will the real Slim Sadie please stand up? We're going to have a problem here. So Slim, it was really cool to have Ross on because he did, he not only has some of the um, fantasy knowledge, but he also has just NFL knowledge. And it was an awesome moment. So the first news item that we have on uh, Kobe Fleener listed as number three on the depth chart. And he's like, yeah, actually, uh, just so you know, it was an intern who had a typo. And uh, Fleener's actually number one. We're like, oh. I thought okay. I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> sure. And, I mean, because he's on the air at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning with the NFL uh Right on Sirius, so he's got to know what the hell's going on. So mm-hmm. it was cool. It was cool having him on. It was a good opportunity to a blister where he's talking about being at Eagles training camp and seeing live football when we were talking about this DGB trade. Yeah, no, it was it was good. Have that, like I said, have that insight was just awesome. The blister helps. Blister's help wicked me. too. Yeah, blister's wicked too, right? He's just like, so um, uh, when when does that come on? Just before the uh, Thursday, uh, when I have to set my lineup for Thursday, your uh, betting thing, or what do you think about Ladarius Green this year? Or like, just ask it. It was awesome. Just mining for personal gain. I loved it. <laughs> well, you know what I was thinking about because I I'm, I probably won't go in 
seas pool, or I was thinking about just dropping all those type of pools where you're, you know, betting the wind and stuff like that. However, <laughs> there's some knowledge that I could, because I haven't, I've been close, I've been on the bubble, but I've never really won. I don't think I've won any cash other than maybe the odd week. So I was thinking, hmm, if I have that kind of knowledge in time, I could maybe consider that again. Well, there it is. So, uh, Slim, we just wrapped up the news, and uh, it was actually perfect timing. He had just got off the air when you texted, so it was perfect timing. So we're just going to get in talking about the mock draft from last week. Just as you were signing in, Blister and I were discussing how it was awesome to have 12 live guys drafting and really give you a feel for um, – you know, what, what's happening in the auction world. And then I also mentioned too that I like that we pick different strategies because it, like for me, takes me out of my comfort zone to draft Gronk, which I wouldn't normally do. And so it forces me in that situation so that I can practice some of those plan C's and plan D's. What'd you think about, uh, just overall the mock draft last night or last week? Yeah, no, I agree. I think you get a good sense of kind of what a real draft is going to be like. I mean, they're all going to be different, but um, I think what surprised me was maybe the prices that some of the running backs were going for. It was a little bit cheaper than what I thought. Um, and same kind of thing to what you spoke to with Gronk. I mean, I went super wide receiver heavy. Like, I wanted to get uh, two quite good ones and then go kind of RB0-ish um, and still going cheap at tight end. So I said that I was going to go get Antonio Brown no matter what. I got it for 66 bucks, uh, which I never normally do when I mock or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, and it made me realize, I mean, as, as sick as Antonio Brown is, I just don't like the makeup of my team spending 60 plus on somebody. It just really seems to, uh, handcuff you in other areas. Uh, and I love Antonio Brown this year. Uh, I was listening to, I wrote up his pod where they were discussing is it likely, what is the likelihood that he breaks Marvin Harrison's um, reception record this year. Oh, yeah. And it's like not really that far-fetched. That could even happen. Um, so you might be like, how do you fade a guy that could put up the best fantasy season ever? Right. Well, I mean, it's just That's the price awesome. for him. It's yeah. just, it's he's so expensive. I mean, he's good. Don't get me wrong. And he's probably going to be, you know, I think realistically that's like a 90% chance he's the wide receiver one in fantasy this year. Um, so, like, he's super consistent. You're getting all these – there's all these positive sides to it. It's just too damn expensive for me. Right. I, mean, I just don't like the look of my team well, having him. Let's go through your team, Slim, and just take a look at it and see where it is and talk to us about uh, what you – I mean, there's obviously some positives, but let's also take a look at some of the negatives too. So uh, you have Antonio Brown for 66, Alshon Jeffrey for 40, Matt Forte 18, Frank Gore 15, Larry Fitz at 14, Ryan Matthews 14, Melvin Gordon at 10. You took the suspended Tom Brady at 7, Zach Ertz, who Ross Tucker loves this year, at 6, Kevin Coleman, three, Matt Ryan, two, and then a bunch of $1 guys, Garcon and Ebron and uh, Teddy Ginn and Jalen Strong and Jeff Janis. So some, uh, talk to us about some of the highlights and lowlights of that team. Um, well, the lowlight was Pierre Garcon. I mean, I threw him out there. I thought somebody would go for two bucks, and no one did. So 
that made me sad. But um, I mean, I'll, I looked at it when I was going to go RB zero. I I thought I would do better than Larry Fitzgerald as a wide receiver three. Um, and not that there's anything really wrong with him as a wide receiver three. Uh, you think I'd have my rankings pull up in front of me, but I don't right now. I'll, I'll do that. But um, I just assumed that I would get somebody better than that if I went RB0. But this is where Antonio Brown, spending 66 bucks on a guy. I was pretty pumped to get Alshon. Um, for me, 40 for Alshon is a terrible price. It's a couple yeah. bucks less than what I'd be willing to spend. I know some people are lower on him, but, I mean, we've talked about this on previous pods. When he's healthy, uh, the volume he gets is it's right up there with the top guys. So I think, you know, there is some injury risk there, but it's insulated a little bit when you're getting them for around 40 bucks and maybe even less depending on the draft. Um, I'll be honest, I wasn't super thrilled. Like Matt 4K doesn't really do too much for me. I don't, I don't really know what to expect. I know there's a lot of rumblings about Bilal Powell. Yeah, yeah. I maybe spent a little bit more than I probably should have there, even though the price was still relatively okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, these are the running backs you're going to get. I don't mind Ryan Matthews just because of the volume standpoint. Um, Frank Gore is kind of the same thing. You know, we anticipate him being relatively involved in this offense. Um, you know, Kevin Coleman, there's some juice there about you know, what he can bring to the table and if they decide to split here. Now, I will, I will say to you, too, uh, another highlight for Ross Tucker is the Atlanta O-line. Uh, he's <laughs> loving them as the number five or six O-line in the league this year, so Kevin Coleman could be a nice steal at three bucks. No, that's good to know. I would have, I mean, you think of the top of the O-lines, I don't think Atlanta jumps to a lot of people's. No, no, it was his. Them and them and Green Bay, he mentioned as uh, two two that would be off the radar that he ranks as like five and six or six and seven in the league. So nice, I can see Green Bay. I do like the things that they've done though. They've actually tried to fix that. But Atlanta definitely under the radar. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, I don't think my team is awful. I mean, like I, I don't mind it. <laughs> I know we talked about before how deep tight end was probably a month ago even, and now. It's just slowly kind of whittling the way yeah. to this kind of becoming just this nose dive after you get past you know the top five guys. It's kind of just rolling the dice. So uh, if you can't get one of them, I don't mind trying to take a flyer on a player like Ertz who I think has some upside. He's maybe one of the only you know enticing options right now in that Philadelphia offense. I mean, I can't really make too strong of a case for anybody else there. So uh, I don't. Let's, let's take a guy that could be the most reliable pass catcher for them. But, right. Uh, yeah, All I right. mean, not flashy, but uh, definitely could use some work. So, Blister, um, let's take a look at Shane's swell team. I just love the, the great swell. names they give out there. Your swell team. You start off with uh, Zeke at 57, Sammy Watkins at 30, CJ Anderson 23, Golden Tate 22, Jarvis Landry 19. You paid 12 bucks for Alan Hearns. You took a flyer on Josh Gordon at eight bucks. Uh, Kevin White for seven. Tyler Eifert seven. Big Ben for five. Stefan Diggs for Derek McKinnon two smash. Zach Miller for a buck. Brandon LaFell for a buck. Josh Ferguson one dollar and Carlos Williams for a dollar. 
Buster, talk to us about yeah. your swell team. Well, I, I don't mind this team. I, I was my intent was to try to have a balanced budget, but then I got a disconnected from the Wi-Fi and ended up with uh, Zeke Elliott for 57. So, in a balanced budget, you might not go that high on any one player. But in the end of it, I don't mind my my team at all. I have uh, you know Big Ben. I, I like a quarterback. Um, he wants to put up 30 points a game this year, so. You know that if he's got some good weapons around him, he, he's going to be slinging it. So no problem with Ben uh, Zeke at 57. You know potentially he's going, he should be a finish as a number, you no know, top three back. Hopefully, so that's a nice thing to have. C.J. Anderson, I do like C.J. I think it's just because I have him on my dynasty, but I do yeah. find him coming onto a lot of my teams, um, and I just think that he. Uh, you know, he does have. I think they're going to run the ball a lot, which is why I really like that. Um, I think Devontae Booker being there, you know, it's always going to be there. And if CJ stumbles or fumbles, you know, Booker can step in. And, and that's a little bit of a worry for me. I'm not so worried about Hillman because right now they said he might not even make the team because um, they're going to keep uh, – uh, who's that other guy they got there? Can play fullback anyways. So uh, McKinnon, no, Ferguson, and Williams. I got a little bit of uh, – you know, I guess you could say a stash for guys down the road. We expect McKinnon to get a little bit more touches this year. And Ferguson and Williams, Williams is going to be suspended, and he's got to lose some baby weight. Uh, but those three guys potentially could see themselves in more and more of a role as the year progresses. So if I can get Zeke and CJ, if they're healthy and they keep playing number one, they don't have to worry about those other three. But if they stumble, those other three guys can pick it up. So I don't mind the running backs at all. Uh, receivers. Watkins, I know a lot of people are shying away from because of his injury history, but I just think that if he stays healthy, and I really think he will, uh, he could easily be a top 10 receiver for $30. That's, that's pretty good value. I do like Golden Tate, although I, you know, there's a lot of rumblings now with Marvin Jones. Oh, uh, JJ just loves him. JJ yeah. loves him. Marvin Jones. Yeah. So, you know, but I just think Tate's still a good buy. Landry, I think, you know, I'm surprised he's still going for as cheap as he is because I really think he's going to get pemmel, pe- peppered with targets pemmel. with that Adam Gase offense. Um, typically Gase has, uh, receivers that are, finished quite high in the rankings, so I really like Landry. Um, and then Kevin White and Josh Gordon, kind of similar in my mind, like there's a lot of potential there, but we haven't really seen it uh, in Kevin White's case at all and Josh Gordon for quite some time. If they can produce up to their expectations, then they could potentially be the best two receivers on this team. Yeah. Um, Ernst, steady guy, you know, I, I like him still. Diggs, I think he could have another good year. I mean, he was a rookie last year, had a pretty good impressive season, and all uh, all signs are pointing up. LaFell recently tore a ligament in his hand, I think, today. He might need surgery. and It's debatable whether he, uh, you know, even is playing uh, at the start of the season or not. Eifert again, Miller. I like Miller. Um, they're, both come, they're both banged up a bit, but Miller's on the practice field again. Eifert is questionable. You know, he, I like him. If he's healthy, but right now we don't know how much time he'll miss. It looks like he probably will miss some time. But if uh, if I get him for $7 and he only misses a couple weeks and then comes back and is a, a weekly top uh, top tight end, then all of a sudden I got a pretty good value there too. So I, I don't mind this team at all. I, I kind of like it. Um, I think I got a lot of depth at receiver. My running backs, I can live with that for sure. And, uh, yeah, I, I would be happy to get a team like this. All right, so my team, I went Gronk heavy. So I got Gronk for 47, uh, Allen Robinson, surprise, surprise, for 47, T.Y. Hilton for 30. <laughs> <laughs> I did, for, I, on a side note, 
Blister, I did enjoy the Twitter um, thread today. I thought that was pretty good. Dwayne Bowl yeah. comes out. That was, uh, yeah, that was good. I, I did enjoy it, even though it was one time I drafted him. He's my man crush, which is good. Demarius Moore, I also thought you guys would like that one, too. Yeah, that's the other guy, yeah. <laughs> One time. Anyways, Alan Robinson for 47. I own him on like 98% of all my teams. D.Y. Hilton for 30. Macklin, 19. I got uh, Duke Johnson for 17. Charles Sims for 9. Matt Jones for 5. Chris Ivory for 5. Then uh, Kamar Aiken for 5. My quarterback was Tyrod at 3. Travis Benjamin, 3 bucks. Derek Carr for 2. Uh... Richard Matthews for two, Bruce Ellington for two, Nelson Aguilar for two, and then my backup tight end was Vance McDonald for a buck. And, I mean, I don't normally think that I would like a team that I drafted Gronk in, but um, in PPR, I don't mind this backfield, guys, with Duke Johnson, Charles Sims, Matt Jones. Um, like, it's not too bad if you, only if I have to start two of them, and then I can – Slide Ivory in there if I if I need to. That sounds like something Clay said once. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, nothing. Okay. I got it. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, anyways, I I mean that's a, like Slim was saying with his team. That's kind of the backfield you're going to get. But in the PPR, if I'm going to have Allen Robinson, and T.Y. Hilton, and Gronk, if I end up with Duke Johnson, Charles Sims, Matt Jones. Uh, I don't mind that backfield. I like Tyrod Taylor for three bucks. I think if I remember, um, I put out Derek Carr or someone put out Derek Carr a bit too, thinking that it was going to go more. I end up with a backup quarterback, which I don't necessarily always do. Um, Richard Matthews now with DGB being gone, maybe at two bucks might be the the, the big steal of my team. Um, Slim, everyone's loving Bruce Ellington. Is that Mart Harmon, Matt Harmon uh, fodder? No, I think he might probably is the wide receiver too there, but I think people are forgetting how terrible they're going to be. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's right. yeah. Uh, what do you they're, mean they got pondered? The barren wasteland of talent, <laughs> at least on offense. But, I mean, volume's key, so he might get quite a few targets, which will buoy his fantasy value, I guess. But That's right. Yeah. I'm not super excited, but I'm also a Niners fan, so I right. should be excited about. Well, and I like this team too because I think you know wide receiver one, two, and three, uh, uh, A. Rob and Hip and T. Y. and Macklin make a good one, two, three punch, and then at flex, I mean, I have no problem with Kamar Aiken. I mean, if Travis Benjamin does start doing some stuff there, or Rashard Matthews, um, I think that my flex position would be in pretty good shape. If I don't have to throw a running back in there, because even you could throw a Matt Jones or Chris Ivory from week three as well. So surprisingly, I like the Gronk team. Um, and I think it's more because I like the PPR backs I ended up with. Anything um, slim overall in the draft that you thought was surprising as far as against the trends or against the norms or just like overall comments? Um, I can't really think. I mean, one thing that jumps out that I thought is how kind of chalky all the nominations were. It was just, it was almost like people were going down the rankings almost. Which right. I find when you're drafting with 12 experienced auction people, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. You know, 
you might see somebody like Jeremy Macklin nominated in the first 12 nominations, which, you know, it doesn't really matter where anybody's was, uh, nominated. Six, but. 60, 65, just as an example, this year, or in this Yeah, class. I mean, the people, and it's something I, I subscribe to. I think it's a great strategy. Uh, I've said this before. I like when it's it's hard to draft against people like that, and which is why I like it. I mean, to use it myself, it it makes people really think um, because nobody, especially at the start of a draft, is focusing on um, players like that. They're thinking of the big name guys, like they're just waiting for when's Julio come out. I, I want a bid. I know I'm going to spend this much on him, and you know things like that. that's where everyone's mindset typically goes to. So um, if you can make people think outside the box right away. Um, one, you, I think you often find yourself getting deals. And two, it just it might fluster people. Maybe they get rattled and they spend more and it starts messing up their budgets. And now you've got to make them scramble. But that didn't really happen in this draft, which I thought was strange. Now, do you think it went, it went kind of chocolate, that slim, just because of the nature of being online auction and guys are just going putting the queue the next guy up? I think some of it had to do with the fact that it was a mock. I mean, if it doesn't mean anything, people don't. So guys are just feeling care. stuff out, eh, and just, just well, saucing big names out so they can get an idea of where things are going. Yeah, I think for sure it's a, it's a learning um, it's a learning tool for all of us that we're in it. Um, so we really don't care, I don't think, you know, it doesn't matter who we end up even picking on our teams, right? At the end of the day, it's, it's you know, you're, you might not take Gronk in your real team. You, you did it that night just to see what it would look like. So, I mean, yeah, I think a lot of it is just we go through it a little bit mindlessly. That That's the yeah. phase. We're busy chatting a little bit about different players and picks and things like that. And, uh, it doesn't have quite the seriousness, obviously. But we'll yeah, that's right. Uh, Blister, what about you? Um, overall um, ideas or trends or things that you saw in the draft from last week? Well, I can't really say because I didn't get to. I was having such trouble and um, just a draft period that I didn't really notice any trends. I, I can say more about trends, like I was saying with you, from some of the drafts I've done, and yeah. um, you know, for the most part, I think running back in, in general is is going a lot cheaper than. Than receiver, obviously, probably because there's a lot of PPR and stuff that we do. But you know, it used to be all the big name running backs would go 60 plus all the time. You know, Jamal Charles, AP, and all these guys like that. And you know, now that's not happening. Even even though we know like there's a big name running backs, and even though we know that there might be the only Balcao or the only guys that are, the guys that are going to get all the work, they're still not really going 60 plus or 50 plus and stuff like that. They're going, you know, high 40s and, and, and maybe low 50s. But the, the, there's a lot of receivers that are pushing mid 50s to 60s and, and higher. So, you know, even though like that's kind of been the trend for the last couple of years for us with the PPR and knowing how valuable the receiver was, still those big name backs used to cost the most money in our drafts, I feel. But that's definitely not the case this year in all the mocks and all the leagues I've been in. Well, I can speak to that too with the Auction Kings, Buster. I mean, we've talked about this yeah. off the air, obviously, but um, I took AP at 37 bucks, and I was okay with him at 37 bucks because he's under where I thought he would be, and then I get Dez at 40, whatever it was. I was happy there. And then I was just doing a, 
little bit of price enforcing with Todd Gurley when he came up. It's a 12-hour clock. Someone put him on for 45. I just quick hit it at 46 thinking, like, he's going to go for more than 46. It's Todd Gurley, right? And yeah. um, 12 hours later, I woke up, and I have Todd Gurley on my on my uh, team. So, yeah. I mean, like, it, it, it was a price. It was more of a pricing. Like, I, I just wanted people to think I was looking for a second big running back, but I wasn't necessarily. I only took AP because I thought the price was right. And now all yeah. of a sudden I'm a – I'm an RB heavy team in a four flex league, which is not necessarily where I want to be. But yeah. I mean, sometimes well, a, you got to do the value, right? In, in my auction kings league right now, there's a lot of big names on the board right now, and I'll just run through some quick prices. Odell Beckham, fifty-seven fifty. Keenan Allen, thirty-eight. Adrian Peterson, thirty-two. He's been on there a long time. Uh, Gronk is forty-five. Julio is fifty-four. Antonio is sixty-one. Zeke is forty dollars and fifty cents. Dez is forty-four dollars and fifty cents. Gurley is forty-four dollars. A Rob is forty-three. AJ Green is fifty. So they're, hmm. uh, the most expensive RB that I can see is Gurley at forty-four dollars. When does that go up? When does the timer up on that first? Oh, Gurley. Yeah. Uh, he's got ten hours left. So every time there's a bid, the timer resets to 12 hours. Resets to 12. You missed my rant earlier, Slim, about that. because I saw it, but now it makes sense. I thought it just was a clock. You get 12 hours to bid. You get fast and furious again, but no, I get that. That's why it was such a... 11 hours and 50 minutes to up at 50 cents. I think I put a little rant on the message board, and it looks like they might have taken it off. off. (laughs) I don't see it there anymore. Do you still see it there? I didn't even f- look. I just saw the email come through. It was. It said ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I do. And I, now, I had to sit down a couple times. I would do it on every guy. Just to, to get, do just it. Just to put you on tilt. I, that's, I think that's why they do it. As soon as I said that, I thought, oh, that's probably a purpose. Huh? Now, I want to see. I want to do that to that guy, but I don't know when. I don't know when he just. I don't know when he'll be up. I did it to a guy. Um, uh, to I think I did it twice within, let's say, an hour and a half or something. I thought to myself, this guy's just gonna, he's just gonna hate me. But <laughs> it's sometimes you're just like waiting and you're like, ah, eh, let's see, he's probably gonna go up, and then you all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm gonna refresh my screen and take a look. Whoa, he's still there at that price. Yeah, I'll sauce another fifty cents on that. Right, and I know it's got to just chap his ass, but oh well. Hey, what do you think about Tyler Eifert? Who me or well, ask Slim. We already heard about Tyler, but ask him. What? What do you think about Tyler Eifert, Slim? Is he going to miss time? Um, I don't know. I don't know much about his injury. Still, like I haven't heard any real updates, so. I mean, I'm not moving them up my rankings still just because I have no idea what the heck's yeah. going to happen with him. I mean, no news, maybe it's good news. I don't know. Yeah. If he misses the four games, then that hurts. Yeah. But. Yeah, the old tight end pool is not as deep as it once was. That's right. All right. It sucks. All right, guys. Well, we're um, pushing just over the hour mark here, and I can hear my family upstairs. There's about eight of them up there, and I'm being a not very good brother-in-law by podcasting. But I tried to tell them, we got a guy from the NFL yeah. on the podcast. Kind of a big deal. We're kind of a big deal. 
And then I wore my, <laughs> angle, my and then I wore my Channel Four News Team shirt. Thought that was a big deal. Anyway, Slim, your timing was like perfect. It was like you were watching the pod, and as soon as he got off, like, hey, so is uh, he done? Can I come on? Uh, so it was perfect. But at least. I would like to thank Ross for coming on. He, um, he, he was a good addition. His radio voice is outstanding too. So, uh. Well, I remember first getting serious radio like years ago when I first came out and driving a lot of miles to <laughs> school and to visit my wife now when she was in school and things like that and just listening to a lot of serious I think I actually came up this issue. I called in one time and asked the question. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> actually. Well, he um, also very much enjoyed Slim that we were Canadian. He didn't know we were Canadian. And until he heard your voice. A hundred percent. He goes, Buckets, yeah. I can tell you're Canadian, he says. <laughs> so then I showed him the beer I was drinking, which, of course, was pretentious micro-brew from... Oh, we had some good banter. It's good. It was good having him on. Did you so tweet that to get a badge for it? Or no, I didn't. I, I should. <laughs> um, but it was good, and hopefully, if uh, things all go well, um, Slim reached out to Matt Harmon again, and hopefully, we can maybe get him on for a wide receiver show. Uh, having a guest voice on is uh, kind of nice, so you don't have to just listen to us all the time. And uh, the, even just having Ross on is a little bit of expert knowledge when we ask the O line questions, or he'd been to Philly camp, like. I mean, I was in a rink this week, so (laughs) you know what I mean? I spent a lot of time on my phone, but I was in a rink, so um, a lot different. Maybe we should make a a song like uh, On a Boat, but call it In a Rink. (laughs) I'm in a rink. Yeah, I got time. I got lots of time in my hands. Um, So anyways, uh, thanks, Ross, for coming on. Uh, head on over. To, we didn't even mention membership or anything on the website at all. Uh, the, it's been going well, though. We're getting some good sales. So if you're interested in more auction content, head over to the website, defensefootballauction.com. Click on the members area. Have a look um, at the, the stats that are out there outlining how much auction information you get from all these other sites. Just so you guys know, my auction alert came on from Google, and ESPN released an auction article and uh, it was um, basically a summary on how to play auction. So, I, like, this is the content you're getting from those sites. So, fourteen ninety five, a little bit more than a magazine, gives you uh, lots of articles. I'd like to thank um, Eric for posting the fantasy football trends article um, earlier this week. Got that out there. Updated rankings from this week that are all posted. Uh, about three hundred plus players deep in the members area. So the fantasyfootballauction.com. Follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Auction. Uh, join the auction community at FF Auction Advice. Uh, it's a good place to get on there. And I've seen some guys have been tweeting, hey, I want to start a mock. Let's uh, I'm just gonna say that. get on. We've got lots of tweets, guys, asking if we're going to do more mocks and stuff. And really, we're pretty swamped between the three of us. But like, if you want to do a mock and you want to get real live people on there, I I told a couple guys, just fire a tweet out uh, at FF Auction Advice, and we'll retweet the crap out of it, and I have no doubt that you'll fill it up in no time. And do do like Live did. auction guys, human beings, guys that have done multiple auction drafts that know their stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's a good resource at this time of year to 
get in some realistic mock drafts. And I was going to say, do like we did. Just, like, start a Yahoo League or whatever, ESPN, whatever you want to do. Don't play it, but just send that link out. And guys have bang, bang, bang. Like, ours filled out in minutes. And then we redid it, and it filled again. It filled so fast that Blister didn't even get in the first time, I think. (laughs) Yeah. I never. I missed it. Totally. (laughs) So, I mean, that's really, I mean, instead of saying, I'm going on the Yahoo mocks, and it's going to be ID number blah, blah, blah um, in 14 minutes, like, Set up a fake league and get actual guys on there. And then have the settings you want. Put your league settings in there and tell everybody we're doing standard, we're doing half-point PPR, we're doing tight end premium. And you have guys on there, so it's a good spot to be at FF Auction Advice. Um, anything else to add? Next week I think we're going to take a look at wide receivers. I think that's a plan. All right, then let's do that. So uh, next week, wide receivers. If you want to support the podcast, uh Head to iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. Give us a, a ranking or a rating and a, and subscribe so that it ends up right on your phone. So you have it ready for your commute or your lawn mowing or however you consume podcasts. Guys, um, I was going to say I'll see you guys Thursday at golf, but I won't do that because I'm golfing in the mountains tomorrow. So I'll tweet some pictures. Uh, for you guys, I brought both the goalie pads out and the golf clubs out, so it's a nice. It's a good trip. Good road trip. Yeah. Good so I'm gonna trip. go put on. I'm gonna go put on the trunks, sit in the hot tub, and look at the uh, look at the foothills in Alberta. You guys go do whatever it is you do, and uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> Take care, man. See you. All right, and uh, for the rest of you, I'll see you when it's springtime in the Rockies. When it's springtime in the Rockies, I'll become.